All right, welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm not Joe. That, that seems to be the intro that we use now <laughs> when Joe's not here. <laughs> kind of won the hearts of all seven of our listeners. Um, so, um, I don't have a cigar in my hand tonight. Short story. Joe's got a n- new job and it's harvest time, so he hasn't been able to get here. And I can't have been able to find fill-in hosts. Except Clark, who came and the recording didn't work, so we did a whole podcast and got like 10 minutes of it, so we decided not to try to redo it. But um, Joe's not here this week, and but Dan is. Dan is here. And um, Dan has some kind of a cigar in his hand. You might as well tell him what it is. We won't review it, but tell him what yeah, you like. Yeah, it's just <clears throat> cheap, swisher, sweet, cigarillo, BLK, smooth. Hmm. Probably the same thing I was smoking the last time I was on here. Mm, I bet you're right. So there is a little story behind my tobacco and my pipe, which I'm lighting, which is why I'm stuttering, kind of. Yeah, in the in the interest of less dead air time while he lights that, this is quite possibly the shortest stem. On the largest bowl I've ever seen in my life. And I'm trying to get a look. Yeah, that's that's really something. Well, so several things coalesced to get me the purpose. To, to, I didn't really want to talk about this in the podcast, but maybe I will. A lot of things coalesced to get me to purchase this. Mm, I'm not lit yet. Can you tell what the bowl is supposed to be shaped like? It looks like a whiskey keg. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, it's it's definitely a conversation piece. Okay, the inside of the bowl is almost two inches, so it is a large bowl, <laughs> and uh, it will smoke well beyond the podcast. So, the, I, I feel like if we have seven listeners, they're probably cigar people, but <laughs> there's a lot of tobacco in here. It's going to take me a minute to light it. Okay, so it is a whiskey barrel. It's called the Devil's Cut. Okay, which is really cool. If you don't know what that means, there are two two kind of phrases: the angel's share and the devil's cut. And when they make whiskey, the angel's share is what evaporates; the devil's cut is what stays in the wood. Right. So or it drips off the wood. Yeah. Well, no. What actually stays when they drain it? It's oh, what stays in the it. wood. Got it. So. So how do they harvest that? Well, they don't. Okay. A lot of times they'll sell the barrels just like, I have a Cabernet wine that's been aged in bourbon barrels because whatever is still in the barrel when you age your Cabernet wine in it, it takes on some of the bourbon flavor. So um, so the fact that I like whiskey, specifically single malt, but whiskey in general, that was kind of like, oh, that's cool. It looks like a whiskey barrel. I really wanted another big, bold pipe. I, I like when I can light a bowl and talk to somebody for a while and not worry about it. <clears throat> and I've always wanted a sitter. And I actually didn't realize how much I was going to like a sitter till I played poker. And I had this playing poker the other night with some friends. And it's really nice just to sit it down. And who cares if it goes out? Right. You know, I play 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I go back and light my pipe. I might light my pipe and smoke it for 20 minutes and then let it go out. <clears throat> it's great just to sit it on the table. So 
So the fact that it's a whiskey barrel, it's a sitter, it's a big bowl, I don't have a rat trace pipe, which that name probably added 25, 30 bucks to the price just because it's a rat trace pipe. They're out of Scotland. And uh, I've only heard good things about their pipes, and it's an amazing smoking pipe. Well, it's definitely attractive. Well, thanks. <clears throat> like that, uh, I don't know, aged black bowl and then the kind of cherry cherry on the stem there. That's it's attractive, no doubt. Thank you. I'm kind of partial to the reddish-hued pipes. I kind And if you look, I have quite a few of them, actually. But, um, yeah. So I'm going to puff away at this tobacco. And uh, I might talk about the tobacco a little bit later. But we should probably, I don't know, shoot. We're a little, I didn't start the timer, but that's all right. I'm going to say we're about five minutes behind. We'll start. Well, no, how do I start this? There we go. No, that's not it. That's it. Now we're going. Okay. <laughs> so, I haven't seen you for a long time. So we, we could talk about just about anything because it's been a while since I've seen you. And I don't know if you follow politics as much as I feel like I have to since I do a podcast. But imagine how much like somebody like Ben Shapiro, four hours a day, has he just got his face like glued to YouTube or something watching political? It's got to be. I don't know. But, so, let's start with... Well, I think I've talked about this maybe a few weeks ago when it first happened. I might have talked about it with Joe, but it's hilarious, so I want to talk about it. Did you hear about the Islam signs? No. Up in Wisconsin? No, no. Okay, so... I'm surprised. I have a lot of Islamic students in my in my classes, so I'm, I'm fairly surprised I haven't heard. Well, it's... They mentioned Islam, but it was more, it was less of an Islam thing and more of a kind of trolling the left sort of thing. And I just, I think it's the ultimate troll. And that's why I just, I, I kind of want to pr promote the story, even though it's an old story, because it was just super hilarious. Someone put up just like an 8 by 10 sheet of paper with pretty big font, maybe two inches high. Islam is right about women. Well, so... If you're a leftist, you're like, well, it's talking about Islam, so I can't really tear the sign down, but if it, Islam's right about women, then, you know, you can, women don't have any worth, you just kind right. of rape them and do whatever you want. And so, it just caused a huge fuss on a lot of press, and I just thought it was one of the most hilarious things. And I don't, I don't know that anybody took credit for it or anything but I'm guessing that's a negative created a pretty good media storm and I thought it was just I mean great it's like pitting pitting the left against itself sort of but anyway so um to hear about um the NBA uh, basically kissing China's butt. You probably heard that because you're a sports guy. Yeah, I did hear. I did hear a little bit about that. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. It's like I I wonder would I would I stand up and risk lose it? Like, I mean, here's the thing: if I was making that much money, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably care less about losing my job because I'd have so much money. Right. But, like, now, at the income I make at this level, if I was just going to lose all my income for the year and not have a way to make income, 
boy, I don't know if I'd want to stand up and say, screw you, China. Right, right, right. You know? But. <clears throat> well, and I don't know specifically, personally, how political the NBA is, but I have to imagine, like every professional sports outlet seems to be now, there's definitely a political play for them. That drenched in the fact that we have a, a considerable number of Chinese professional athletes, not just in the NBA, but in America in general, um, it would be in the NBA's best political interest to avoid uh, such just topics in general, maybe. Well, and it... <clears throat> You know, it's just the fact, and so the fact that somebody stood up with a pro Hong Kong sign and China got pissed and basically, you know, I mean, if if you can't, you can't stand up for people that want freedom and say, no, China, I'm sorry, in this case, you're you're the bad guy. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that that's just a political thing. I think that's a... That's like a foundational principle, but gosh, I don't know how much money they'd lose, um, you know, but gosh. Um, I would say it would have to be an alarming amount of money, like yeah. the kind of money that any of us would say, holy crap, mm-hmm. that, that there's even that kind of money invested. That and the, the fact that, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say China owns us, mm. but... I mean, there's a. I wouldn't argue too much if you did. Yeah, there's a there's a large majority of people that that uh, take out what we owe them just in the national debt, um, but trade and and everything else, they that, that would that'd be a bad move. That'd be a bad move for anybody, NBA, uh, any business. By the way, you can have one of those bottled waters. I almost said bottled waters, but anyway, one of those if you want uh-huh. something to drink. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's a lot of money, but it's like, I, I want to think I'm a man of principle and I guess I'm honest enough to, to, to say that if I knew I was going to lose every amount of income and not just zero income, maybe for the next year, maybe for longer, not be able to support my kids, boy, that'd be tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be rough. Cause it's not like I got 5 million in the bank, like some of them might. Right. Um, but then again, you, I, I suppose we're assuming some things. Maybe America would just jump behind them and be like, yeah, we love you, NBA, if they stood up and said, screw you, China. We don't care about these shoes in China. We don't care about the, <coughs> the networks running our games in China. Screw you. You're a bunch, yeah. of, you know, you're a bunch of losers oppressing people in <coughs> Hong Kong. You know, maybe their ratings might go up. We're, we're kind of assuming that they lose money. They might gain. Who knows? Yeah, you don't know. that. Well... And you gotta, when you start bringing that into it, would America back the NBA if they just said, "Okay, China, that's it. We're we're sticking we're sticking to what we said, and and Hong Kong is wrong, you know, or Hong Kong is right yeah. and China's wrong." And uh, there would probably, if you look at the state of our country, and and even who are the NBA fans? Right, like you look at the state of our country, and you say, now if uh, if another sport that's considered a little more 
uh, dare I say, southern in nature, huh. um, you might have a larger backing of the American people that are like, heck yeah, I'm standing behind. I believe, you know, I believe in that. But when you've got the NBA, which its roots aren't necessarily leaning to that side, or or, or let's say NASCAR, for example. Mm-hmm. If NASCAR mm-hmm. said, screw you, China, they're probably going to be all right. Yeah. You know, but uh, the NFL, the NBA, uh, even MLB, America's sport, you know, they're, they're going to have a little harder time. They're going to be a little more, their fans are going to be a little more divided. So they... You know, you play a game there. You run a risk for sure. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I I can tell you, the results of supporting Hong Kong, without a doubt, I believe would be better. Like, like saying "screw you, China" and supporting Hong Kong would be better than Colin Kaepernick not kneeling or not or for kneel for Colin Kaepernick kneeling right in the anthem. It would be better. The results would be far better than that. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. I can't, I couldn't disagree. But um, anyway, so did you? Uh, so South Park, you've probably watched more of it than I have. Actually, not really a big fan of the South Park. Mm-hmm. I have. I said the South Park, mm-hmm. like you know that guy. Um, not a huge fan. I've watched some episodes. Mm-hmm. It could be funny. I'd be funny. I think I've liked every episode I've watched. That might be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know. I really liked the the Gingers Have No Soul episode that Tracy made me watch since she's kind of a redhead. Yeah, that one's that one's actually pretty awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So but I guess they got into it a little bit because China was kind of getting on them and, and I guess if I understand the story right, um and you might have heard this same story, but they they said that they could do something to Jesus. And nobody would care, but if they did something to Buddha, mm. it would it would piss off people or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And and they did, and I don't know if that was the only thing they did, but they did something that ticked off China. And China basically made <coughs> them like they were unfindable on the internet. Was was mm. the, the short version of it? Right. Right. <clears throat> you right. couldn't search them. You couldn't find them. You couldn't watch them. You couldn't do anything. Sure. Um, which had to hurt their bottom line some, but I have to say that I'm proud that they didn't care. They're yeah. like, and, and uh, so I, I did print a quote. So uh, yeah. if you, I don't know if you've heard the quote. I haven't. But uh, so um, <clears throat> basically they, there's an episode of South Park where they're responding to China censoring them. <laughs> okay. okay. And in, in the episode, one of their characters says this, <clears throat> um, like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and our hearts. We, too, love money more than freedom and democracy. Xi doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, they said that, too. <laughs> Xi doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. Long live the great Communist Party of China. May the autumn sorghum harvest be bountiful. We good now, China? <laughs> that so. legitimately doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Not even a little bit. Uh, so... Anyway, this so I may not watch the show all that much, but I do have a, a, a little knowledge about Matt Parker and and Trey Stone, or Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Sorry, um, this is kind of right in their wheelhouse. This is not their first run in with oh yeah religion, politics, any of it. They they are they have famously uh, been. F- 
privy to this type of of uh, calamity before. So they had an episode uh, where they showed a picture of Muhammad, and and the Islamic people went nuts, and they said, "Ha ha ha! We don't care." Yeah. And they did a, uh, uh, in fact, a famous member of their cast, the chef um, from the early days. He was a Scientologist, and they did a Scientology episode, and he quit the show. So, and they were like, "Okay, great, we'll find somebody else to play another part." Like they, they mm-hmm. just, this quote does not surprise me in the slightest that they would one hundred percent poke fun at it and not really care. It it does seem like. Comedy, whether it's you know a cartoon episode or whatever, comedy. It's a, I'm painting with a really broad brush on purpose. Yeah, comedy. It seems like your comedy's best when you say, "I don't have any rules. I yeah. want to offend everybody yeah. equally." Yeah. And if somebody doesn't like it, you just have to say, "Okay." Yep. <laughs> yep. And well, be, because most other people will. Well, that's that. That is the whole. That is supposed to be the whole basis of comedy. In just again painting with a broad brush, um, you're supposed to be able to say and do kind of whatever you want, as long as it's in the interest of comedy, um, and and it's one of those boundaries that is crossable. I know that there have been uh, a few comedians over recent history that have said some things and it got them in a lot of trouble. Roseanne got kicked off her own show. Um, now what she said, I won't say was in the name of comedy. I would like to strictly, you know, uh, very, uh, adamantly state that I'm not standing behind Roseanne. Um, that wasn't in the name of comedy. It was an issue. Uh, but there have been other comedians that, uh, in the name of comedy have said some things that got them, their careers were over. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, your Kevin Hart's and your Cat Williams can stand up and and say the most god awful things about the white man, the Spanish, anybody, and everybody laughs, and nobody gets you know, nobody nobody gets too butthurt about it. Carlos Mencia could go on and talk bad about his own people, and no line was crossed because you know, in the name of comedy, those lines get blurry, and it's all good. So. Um, I, I think that's really where Trey Parker and Matt Stone kind of live is, hey, look, this is meant to be funny. And if you don't have a sense of humor, then we don't care. Mm-hmm. I hope they're making a good living, too. I I found out because I was interested in seeing what they're doing that they've kind of moved to Hulu. And I guess I think they're still making episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a, it's still a running show. And it's like that's that's pretty crazy that you can do that, and I'm I'm excited. I hope they they keep doing what they like to oh, do. Oh yeah. Well, and they they write scripts for all kinds of stuff. They they've produced movies and starred in movies. Oh, I didn't and know that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they've got several incredibly funny. What most people, well, not what most people, what some people would say crosses the lines of offense, and and they say, you know what, we think it's funny. So, the heck with you. Well, and, and I sometimes sometimes crossing the line isn't funny, and sometimes it is funny. Yeah. But sometimes it's funny because it crosses the line. Exactly. And that's one of the things that, that makes it, I think, 
valuable and important. One of the things we have reasons we have to say, you know, even if the joke's against me, yeah. I shouldn't be offended. It's really kind of funny, even though you cross the line against me. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there's stuff about Christians, um, you know, that is sometimes really freaking oh, funny yeah. because it's making fun of Christians. Yep. Well, and and I'm a biker. Right, that's one of my hobbies, one of my passions, and and they did an episode about poking. I mean, really poking fun at bikers. I didn't, you know. I saw the episode and I laughed my butt off. And they're, you know, they're directly making fun of me <laughs> in some ways, you know. Well, I this is a random side note, but kind of I didn't do it. I probably should have. There was a biker Sunday after church at. Federated mm. when when we were attending there once, and my wife told me that I should try to find a leather jacket and some leather boots and ride in on my <laughs> yeah. recumbent trike <laughs> just just for fun, just pedal in. And oh yeah, that actually would have been really funny. <laughs> but I I didn't. I think we were actually gone on that Sunday, so I didn't even have to consider it. But I would have found that comedic. Yeah, <laughs> I would have made you ride in the back. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. Mm. Well, so I feel like I should say something about tobacco since I'm not smoking a cigar to review and it's cigar review time. (laughs) So I already plugged my Rattray's pipe and it's pretty awesome. But um, the tobacco I'm smoking, I actually kind of forgot what what it's called, but it's a, I'm pretty sure it's from Lane and it's a, it's a raspberry Cavendish, but I'm not only smoking a raspberry Cavendish, but it's probably... If you're going to smoke a really sweet aromatic, it's an amazing tobacco. There's two or three that I think are really awesome, and I sometimes I'll try others, but there's just two or three I just think are great. They're they're not they're not gross sweet. You get good tobacco flavor, but you also get sweet, mm. and they're not usually not too strong. And uh, but there's one one tobacco I like that's called. There's a couple different versions of it. My favorite is Eric Stockaby's Luxury Bullseye Flake. And it's a it's where they actually put Cavendish in the middle, and then they roll Virginia around it, and they mm. squeeze it into this tight tube, and then they slice it. So it's these discs about the size of a fifty cent piece. Mm. So right in the center, it's cap it's it's Cavendish, and then it's really high grade Virginia Flake on the outside. Mm. And you usually take about two coins, and you, if you fold it right, you can shove the Cavendish in the bottom. Okay. So you burn the Virginia first, and you're pulling it through the Cavendish. Mm. Creates a really nice flavor, and then, of course, the closer you get to the Cavendish, the, right. more, the sweeter it gets and the more you draw. Well, so <clears throat> I packed about two-thirds of that raspberry Cavendish in this bowl, which is at least an inch <laughs> of raspberry Cavendish. Yeah. And then on top of it, I put in uh, a really great Virginia. <clears throat> uh, it's a straight Virginia. It's called Black Virginia. It's all Virginia, but it's kind of made like a Cavendish. Mm. But it's it's just Virginia, um, so it burns like a Virginia. It's it's really mild. But so the first I don't know maybe thirty minutes of this is going to be Virginia that I'm pulling through the Cavendish mm. at the bottom, which is going to be similar to those luxury bullseye flakes. So um, if I don't let it go out, that is. And uh, this is a, I, I, I love it because you get a little bit of sweet. Oh, and that Black Virginia is rat trays. I suppose I should say that because they're going to pay me. Yeah. Something. <laughs> well, so, um, do you care anything about impeachment? What's happening? This is my, 
<coughs> this is my only take on the impeachment. And I've, I've said this a little bit here lately. I, I try not to get too hammed up about anything until it happens. Right? <laughs> yep. That's I just, like that. Yeah. That I, but I remember, and I wasn't, you know, I was a baby when they impeached Nixon. You're younger than me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was a baby when they impeached Nixon, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and, and when they brought the impeachment against Clinton, of course, I was a I was a young adult. Um, and I even, again, just my opinion: <clears throat> Do we impeach a president because he's unfaithful to his wife? I don't know. That whole thing just seemed like a crap show, in my opinion. Now we now we want to we're talking about an impeaching Trump, and not that uh, the things that or the articles that they're talking about bringing for impeachment aren't, if they were founded, if they are founded or were founded, wouldn't be uh, sustainable reasons to at least consider impeachment. But. I remember when we impeached presidents for things that we had proof of. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't know, Watergate. That was pretty big. Um, Vietnam. <laughs> you know, that was pretty big. Uh, I'm not even sure that banging an intern is... That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is it, big when, enough. Yeah, you know, when um, we really bring it up against Watergate and... And Vietnam, and and we bring it up against something like that, and I have to I have to say to myself, okay, so Bill got freaky with an intern that was willing to get freaky with them, and do we impeach a guy over that? I don't know, man. His wife's still with him. She didn't think it was a yeah, big enough. Yeah, she didn't impeach him. <laughs> yeah, she she didn't think it was a big enough offense. Um, and was that a political move? Probably, maybe I don't know, but there it is. Um, I, I all I can really say about the impeachment hearings if they go through or or whatever state they're in, it's going to be interesting because I feel like it's all the things that that one side has been saying about him <laughs> since the day he was elected, and why is it such a hot button now? And I and actually I know why it's a hot button now because it's just about time to have an election. Um. But why weren't we screaming impeachment, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, so I'm, I I really appreciate your insight. I, I've actually am probably on the same page with you. In, in a couple places, there's a couple things I want to point out, though. Um, one of them, I really like that you said just, there are so many stories in the news that are not stories. It's like a, oh, this might happen, or this possibly could happen, or we might have proof, or if we have proof, this is what will happen. Well, we, if we don't have proof, then let's not talk about what might happen. So right. just waiting until there actually is something yeah. is a big deal. Um, the other thing is um, that I wanted to comment on, so so I like that. Wait wait till we get actually something. But also, the, I think the Constitution, if I have my education on the Constitution right, it says high crimes and misdemeanors are what you can impeach a president for. Mm. Um, so, first of all, I, I think that's... I mean, that may not be super cut and dry. You might be able to argue what a high crime or a misdemeanor is. Mm. 
um, on, on some legal level if you're a really smart lawyer. But um, that would seem to be the measurement. Right. Like, don't bother, you know, if they're, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not supporting cheating on your wife and fooling around with an intern. Yeah. Full disclaimer here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think that's right. That also doesn't, just because I don't think it's right, doesn't mean it's an impeachable offense. Right. Um, and I think it's, impeachment is used as a political tool to discredit people. Yeah. So you try to impeach a president because he messed around with the intern so that now everybody knows he messed around with the intern. So now they think, oh, he's a bad guy. We won't vote for him. Right. Um, okay. So all of that just seems like political bullcrap until you look at the process in general, whether it's Trump or someone else. When it's handled in a... It, be, it becomes about more than impeachment and it becomes about more than Trump. If it is... If, number one, it is handled in an unjust manner, in other words, if they're attacking anyone, whether it's the president or someone else, in an unjust way, not following legal protocols, not not being innocent until proven guilty, not having the right to a trial and a lawyer and those sort of things, then in that case, that's actually more than just against him it's actually against everyone that's sure. against our institution of justice sure. and that's i'm not it's hard for me sometimes to see things that big but i don't i don't like the idea that somebody wouldn't get the presumption of innocence until proven guilty mm. even if i don't like them yeah that just seems like the right thing to sure. do that's our that is our justice system yeah so there's that but then an even bigger issue which is that I learned less about <laughs> is what they call the the deep state, and that is the fact that the intelligence agencies are there are at least some people in the intelligence agencies that are out to get the president. Yeah, and that just seems far, far, far more worse even mm. than than the justice than justice not being served. I mean, that's a huge deal. You're in the CIA, you're in the FBI, and so you use your resources, tax paper, taxpayers' money, to find out something bad on the president because he's a Republican and you don't like Republicans. Right. That just in and of itself is super wrong, let alone the whole agency or a dozen people in the agency getting together to do it. Right. That, that just seems like, oh my gosh, can, can that really be happening? Yeah. You know? Well, I would almost argue... That that's what happened to Clinton, and and I would I would state very openly that I don't consider myself to be either a Republican or a Democrat personally, um, but that gen that generally is my opinion on what happened with Clinton. Hmm. Do I think he was one of the greatest presidents ever? Maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know. Um, I mean. I can't think of I can't think of one that I've been alive since I've been alive that that I've agreed with even fifty percent of what they've done. Uh, you know, it's just one of those it's one of those deals. How old uh, were you when Reagan was president? Uh, I was little. Okay. Well, no, because Re- Reagan ran against Mondale, right? Mm-hmm. So that would have been eighty four or eighty eight. No, it was before. It was earlier than that. Was it? Yeah, because I was in junior high school, so I was... I was uh, born in 75. 7th, 8th. So it would have been eight, 80. It could have been ninth grade. It could have been 82. 82 would have been about the latest. I think it might have been a hair earlier. 80? 80, 82, somewhere there? Okay. 
Could be, yeah. That could be. Because so I, I, I would, asked, yeah, because if you were that little, I think Reagan was was a phenomenal president. And I I didn't know that at the time. Like, looking back at what he Yeah, did, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think he is. So I, But you, you might have been too young to even care. And I, I was old, but I didn't know. You know? I wasn't into po- – obviously, I didn't know anything about policy. I didn't know anything um, other than uh, – other than how's that different than now? <laughs> and I agree, 100%, you're you're 100 right. But if you just look at popular opinion, which I'm not a huge fan of, always, um, because people think that uh, that Tom Brady is great, and I don't agree with that popular <laughs> opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not a popular opinion guy necessarily. But if you know, if I'm gonna say the greatest president since I've been alive, just going back and looking at it now, yeah, I'd have to say Reagan. And I know there'd be a whole lot of people that'd be like, oh, Reagan was the devil. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. I'm fine if people say anybody's the devil, but I don't, but I don't want to stay there. If you yeah. want to tell me why he's the devil, then we can yeah. talk about it. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm well, Jimmy Swaggart's the devil. Okay, yeah. let's talk about why he was the devil. Yeah. We'll, well, you know, <laughs> Reagan replaced all the birds with robots to spy on the American people, right? You've heard that little theory. All the bir- birds are part of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I haven't. You've never heard that? No, but oh, I, yeah. I like it. I like that's it. That's a popular opinion. Reagan so, replaced all the birds. And that's why you don't. That's why you didn't see pigeons for so long. Oh, wow. <laughs> Somehow, I think if we actually had the resources to do that, we'd be sending the birds somewhere else, not here. I mean, I, I just don't think it would be to the to. If you're an establishment government person and you're you've got all these electronic birds, you're not going to send them to spy on the American people because you're going to get a lot more benefit if you send yeah. them to spy on somebody yeah. in China, maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we maybe uh, we weren't technologically advanced enough to have long range pigeons. I don't maybe, know. Yeah, good point. Back then, yeah. I mean, you know, it's we were, you know, yeah. <laughs> I I yeah, that's a popular opinion though that all the birds are are. Uh, Electronic and there's spying on us. We didn't even have cell phones back when they had electronic I pigeons, know. did we? No. That's insane. Yeah. No internet even. Nope. No, no internet. No way of connecting it. those things. Wow. I had I had to you had to call you called people on the landline. You had and to you memorize the, phone numbers. Yeah. And you watched the news. Yeah. Hmm. Caller ID. I remember when caller ID was like, <clears throat> I know what phone calls not to answer. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's a weird word we're living in. Pigeons, electronic pigeons. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, let's, uh, we got a little little time. Yeah, we got a little time for. We got to do our next up uh, update. I'm, I'm talking about tobacco, so it's not going to be much of an update anyway. But we should go down this transgender path a little bit. Because mm. um, <clears throat> I'm on a, I, I've never actually... I don't think on the podcast said, tried to vocalize like my opinion on kind of transgender issues mm. in general. Um, but I want to try to do that after I give a little intro, okay? Which I already talked to you about pre-show in our pre-show prep. Mm. <laughs> so it's the story that's been in the news. Most people will know about it. It's fairly new. Where the uh, I don't know if the couple's divorced, but it seems like they were. And the mom has apparently custody or partial custody of the son. And 
is wanting to give the son hormone treatments so he can be a girl. And the dad is trying to get that stopped. So that's kind of the just the minimum details of the story. Yeah, there might yeah. be other other things involved, right? And where where your opinion is on transgender is gonna you know you're gonna take a side here probably one way or the other. And this is where it gets I don't know if interesting is the right word, but this is where it gets really hard. Mm. And um, because I am a big parents' rights person, yeah. So to start. I would say the government has no business getting into what a parent does with their child. And that means that if a parent says, you know, my little boy wants to be a girl, or if the parent says, I want my little boy to be a girl, regardless, that child is under the parent's authority and responsibility at that point mm-hmm. The government can't stop that parent from doing kind of what they want with that child, um, with the exception of killing them and, in some levels, abuse. Right. But I'm even pretty libertarian on the abuse thing because I get worried that if the wrong people are in power, somebody's going to say, well, it's abuse to teach your children the Bible. And you're teaching your children the Bible, so we're going to take them away. Right. Give them to a better parent. Right. So I'm even, quote unquote better parent. Yeah, I'm a little hairy on that, but I think, yeah. you know, generally if you're, you know, beating your kid bloody, you know, something ought to, ought to be done. But I think mo- in general, it should almost be hand, hands off most of the time. Right. But what if you have two parents with differing views? Then what do you do? Then it gets kind of hairy. Yeah. And that's what this story is. And that's why it gets interesting and a little more difficult because you have, I, I think you kind of have to take, you have to take a side. I don't think you can not. Yeah, you have to say hormone treatments are bad for that child. It shouldn't be done. Right, and the dad's right. Right, or you have to say the mom's right. Right, or I almost have a third position. Ooh, okay. Oh, almost. Um, and, and I'm going to start with three words. Okay. About uh, about transgender, LGBTQ plus, LMNOP, <laughs> RX. Uh, X Factor, HIV. Uh, oh wait, no. <laughs> adamantium, all that. Uh, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you were born a man and you want to be a woman, as long as you don't want to be a woman because you want to marry me, who is not interested, I don't care. Mm-hmm. That government should have nothing to do with it. When somebody says, this is an outrage, it's my right to be a woman, I was born a man, the government should say, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Why, are you, why are you wasting my time with this? I've got, I've, I've got laws that I legitimately need to make to protect the sanctity of these 50 United States, and I'm wasting my time yeah. fighting with you about whether or not you like boys or girls. I don't care. Yeah. Um, and so this, and I, I land very much with you on parents' rights, um, up to up to a line, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're beating your kid bloody, like you said, um, somebody needs to step in. Now, is that the government? Is that your neighbors? Is that I don't know. I don't know. I, me personally, mm-hmm. if I see my neighbor beating his kid in excess, 
you know, outside of giving him a good old-fashioned butt-whipping. You know, he's out in the yard, got him pinned down on the ground and beating him in the face. I'm going to tackle my neighbor because yeah. that's my, I feel like that's my responsibility as an American person, as a Chinese person, whatever, whoever I am. That's my responsibility as a neighbor. And as a human being, who cares what happens to you legally? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my responsibility as a neighbor is to to help help and watch my and protect my neighbor. Um, and that boy is my neighbor, boy or girl. Uh-huh. Um, now, having said all of that, forget the government. Here's what I think these two should do: mm-hmm. get you a nice pair of boxing gloves, <laughs> and may the best man or woman win. Because I don't know how you're going to solve this fight. The government doesn't have any skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. So a court shouldn't have legal precedence to decide which one of these two people is right, in my opinion. And so if, you know what, put the boxing gloves on. Both of you get to train for six months. You're responsible for who trains you. That's on you. If you don't pick the best trainer, then you made a mistake. The women are all out there saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. Well, you get to go take cooking classes for six months, and then whoever gets to bake the best um, cake wins. Gets to decide. <laughs> you know what? I, I would support that, too. I would support that, too. As long as, as long as the contest isn't to see who can pee the furthest or who can have the most babies, you know, something that's clearly mm-hmm. not within... The boundaries of physicality or physical impossibility mm. come up with some way. You know what? Make it best two out of three. I don't care. Play your odds. But at, you, those two need this. Those two need to fight it out. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, and if yeah. they can't fight it out, then they need to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna come back in a second. I want to come back to I don't care. I want to come back to divorce. And then, then we can get into sports, yeah. transgender sports. I don't care, divorce and sports. So, it's update time. And so, I'm kind of promoting two tobaccos, sort of. I'm kind of su- pr- promoting the Bullseye Flake, which I think smokes really well. And this is my fake version of Bullseye Flake. <coughs> Foe. And so, I would say 10 minutes ago, <clears throat> which was right about the, almost 30 minutes, not quite 30 minutes into the podcast, I was pretty sure I got past the Virginia. Mm. And so now I'm down in the Cavendishes burning, but, you know, it's, I've sucked through, sucked some of the smoke through the Cavendish, so some of that, some of that Virginia smoke has gone through it, so there's still hmm. some of that Virginia taste coming through, but it's mostly um, mellower, sweeter um, Cavendish now, which is, which is really super fun, which is sort of how the Bullseye Flake smokes if you, if you pack it right. I've even actually packed um, a sweet Cavendish at the bottom of a bowl and then put the bullseye flake in on mm. top of it before just just for fun. Um, but um, it it smokes great whether you're smoking the bullseye flake or smoking this. It's a fun thing to do. If you're a pipe smoker, you should try it. If you're not, you know, if you're a cigar smoker out there, one of our seven listeners, and you're like, what the hell is he doing smoking a pipe? You know, and <laughs> instead of doing a cigar review, well, don't quit. Yeah, yeah. Don't quit listening. I'll I'll get back to cigars. This is the only time I think I've smoked a pipe on all the 100, 100, 24, 50 50 podcasts or whatever that we've done. So, um, but I would tell you go out, get yourself an inexpensive pipe. In fact, for five bucks, you can get a corn cob. And you'll, if you're, if you're, if you have a really good palate, 
your corn cob, whatever you smoke in there will taste just a teeny bit like popcorn. But it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Just try try some pipe tobacco. I, pipe is amazing. It I smoke I, I love cigars because they're easy. You snip it, you light it, you smoke it. Pipe's a little more work. It's like a it's like a gentleman's art. It's mm. it's not quite as simple. You gotta work and you, different tobaccos smoke differently. You gotta pull differently on on different tobaccos and uh you got a baby Virginia's Cavendish, you can just do whatever you want. You won't hurt a Cavendish tobacco, but anyway. That's my that's my tobacco update. So okay, the first thing is I'm glad you said I don't care. Um I've listened to a couple Andrew Clavin speeches when he speaks to college students. And he starts I, I like him a lot. He starts out um I think maybe every speech I've heard him give to college students with I don't care what you do. <laughs> and maybe that would have been a better place for me to start in regard to transgender stuff. Mm. If you're if you're an adult, I mean I'm so I'm so libertarian that sometimes, you know, I have to ask myself as a Christian am I is is that really what I believe? Mm. Because if you want to do drugs, I'm okay with you doing drugs. Yeah. If you want to dress like a woman, I'm okay with that. If you and two other consenting adults want to do really weird stuff with with chains and sexual orgasms, I'm I'm not gonna whatever as long as maybe, nobody maybe yeah. do that in your house. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe if you're wanting to do it on the square in Oski, I might have a little say there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but in general, you can do what you want, and I really think the Constitution supports that. And I don't think too many people, whether they're uh, you know conservative or um, or liberal, I don't think. I don't think they're going to care. Yeah. They start caring when you start to turn the table and force someone else to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. If I have a restaurant and I want to have a man-woman bathroom and you tell me I can't, well, then it's like, that's none of your business. It's my right. restaurant. You know, if you try to say, well, you can't afford the surgery, but you want my tax money to pay for health care for you to do that transition surgery, then I'm saying, no, I have a say because it's my tax money. Right. If you don't like that, if you don't like me having a say, then quit having me pay your freaking medical bills. Go out and get a better job, pay your own medical bills, mm. do your own transition surgery. Don't force me to do it. You do what you want. Live your life the way you want. As yeah. long as you're not forcing someone else to to act in a against their beliefs, I'm do what you want. So that's a big deal. The second thing is, it does say a little bit, I mean, gosh, marriage and divorce, marriage is super hard. Divorce, I'm a, I'm a child of a divorced family, hmm. so I kind of know what that's like. Um, and I'm married, so I at least know how hard marriage is. I thank God I've never been through divorce like some of my friends have. But um, my pipe's going to go out when I talk about this because I'm going to talk too much. But, or just enough. So, I wonder if I'm assuming this couple's divorced. They may not be, but even if if they're not, they're they're hitting a pretty hard issue. But I wanted to say something about marriage because it would seem like the two of them would be more likely to fix this. Yeah. If they weren't divorced. Possibly, yeah. Now I could see that even if they're married, if they're that different on their views, that it would still be an issue and it would still be in the courts. Mm. And and this is this is one of those one of those deals where, gosh, um, I know the government doesn't have a have an interest here, but it is it is one of those things where it feels like um, somebody. Gosh, and I hate saying this, but it feels like somebody other than the parents is going to have to make 
make that call because if the two parents married or not have differing views and they can't figure it out one of those parents is going to do what they want yeah um well then it does become an issue yeah and probably probably maybe a legal issue at that point yeah Um, definitely a, a civil issue um yeah there's some civility that needs to happen there it sounds like it isn't yeah. Well, one of the this and this is I'm really working hard to put this into words. One of the things that I like that that I that I think is my view is that when it comes to something like this, giving them hormones or not giving them hormones, the the idea of do nothing. Uh the government should do nothing. The the people around them should do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's their child. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways you could even say, you know what, the parents shouldn't do anything yeah, to the I child. Agree. I agree Just with that. do nothing. Yeah. And you can't control all that because they are parents yeah. and it is their child. So the mom's going to say, oh, keep dressing like a girl. And the dad's going to say, no, don't. But actually, you know, not somehow not having the medical ability to give them, mm. give that boy hormones to make him a girl or whatever right. it is to chemically castrate him. That, that there should be kind of that do nothing approach yeah. because if we just do nothing as a government as a people sometimes things will just yeah figure itself out yeah <clears throat> you know well, that's uh, that that brings up an interesting point and I and I I think I kind of intended to say this earlier but I got to rolling and I didn't um I don't know how old this child is if we're talking about a seventeen year old then we're you know we're talking about a different thing um, but if we're talking about a six seven eight nine ten year old kid you know. Um, should we, should we, again, I'll put a huge emphasis on should, should either one of the parents be deciding for the child at this point? Now, I, go back to parental rights. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I get that. But, um, at some point, this child is going to be an adult. Now, it's a fickle argument. And I and I totally uh, accept that, um, but at at some point, this seventeen year old who's undergone, you know, at at the age of nine, because mom won, uh, based on whatever precedent, um, goes through whatever means to become a girl, and at seventeen says, you know, hey, I really wanted to be a boy. But you never really asked me. Um, so what do we do? What do you do then? Mm-hmm. You know what have you what have you done? So, and again, I don't know the details. Did the kid go to the mom and say, "Well, I want to be a girl"? Well, that's a you know that's one story. Yeah. Or did the mom just say, "Well, I always wanted a girl," and here we are. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, so. It, it does. I I wanted to say something because the the people when we start talking about we, but you and me or me and anyone else starts talking about transgender things. I never talk much about science because um, because I don't think the science trumps the parents' rights. So the reason I'm not. I mean, I know a little bit of the science, and I, yeah. if if I was only arguing science, I would say it seems like there's science that says 
the kid will probably grow out of it, that giving them the medicine or whatever it is, the, yeah. the hormones, whatever they have, they're giving him, to chemically castrate him isn't the thing to do. That's, that, that maybe you could argue science, but again, I'm such a parent's rights person, I don't even try to argue the science mm. because I think you've got two parents with differing opinions. Yeah. I don't know. Would I then go to science? Maybe I would, but I'm scared because people go to science too often. Sure. And then I am. Fo- you can't really force me to believe your science because I'm a parent. It's my right. So right. even if the even if the science says it's bad, if two parents say I want to give these drugs to my kid mm. and change them from boy to girl, I still think those parents have the right to do that, even though the science says it's bad. And yeah. I can't argue the science is bad. Don't do. Now it. I would agree with that in that situation. I, you know. <clears throat> I guess where I'm erring, or where I'm erring in this in this situation is, you've got two parents who don't agree, mm-hmm. and I and I agree with your stance on. At this point, I say you do nothing. Yeah, and I do nothing. The government does nothing. The law does nothing. There is no legal precedent in my mind. Um and. But can you stop the doctor from doing something? Can you stop the doctor from giving the prescription to the mom well we can't stop them from aborting children the day before they're born so yeah. i would go i'd say no hmm. well it's a tough one for sure it is i still last time i was on this podcast i jokingly made a statement remember i don't know if you remember this or not but i i wrote this skit and i revealed it to the seven listeners uh on this podcast about the and, and i jokingly because we were talking about the the late-term abortion law in New mm, York. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So you remember I came mm-hmm. up with the idea of the, the 18-year-old abortion? Mm-hmm. You know? Hey, if we're going parents' rights, maybe. Look, Johnny, you're either going to get your science grade up. Yeah. <laughs> or or I've, got until, I've got until midnight on your on your 18th birthday, buddy. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't know. Does that play? Does that play? Does that play into this? I don't know. I mean, obviously, the 18-year-old abortion is probably just an idea in my head that should be <laughs> recorded and sold to Saturday Night Live. But or South Park. Or South Park. Yeah. They would take it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, they'd probably rate me, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's a fickle, fickle situation because you are talking about a polar opposite opinions. And... At some point, somebody who is not the parents, let's face it, is going to make the decision for them. And one of them is going to win, and one of them is going to lose, or, God willing, they're both going to lose, and they get to do nothing. <laughs> so, so I'm going to, we're about wrap time for the, for the podcast, so I'm, I'm going to say this because... This is. I think I've learned this about myself, and and I might disagree next week when I think about it. Yeah. But I've always been so much about parents' rights. I've never th- I've never wondered if science should be brought into it. I've mm-hmm. always said science doesn't trump a parent's rights. But if you have two parents disagreeing and they're fighting it out in the court, then would I say in that case? What do you go to? Yeah, what do you what do you go to? What is the what is the measurement of what should be done in that case? And I might say that in that case you could go to science, but I don't think I can tell my neighbor my the parents across the street. Yeah. I don't think by law 
I don't think I can make a law that forces the parents across the street not to make their child a transgender yeah. child if they want to. Well, let's face it. If my neighbors came across the street and they're like, hey, Dan, we don't want to take it to the court. John here thinks that that little Johnny ought to be a boy. And Susan thinks that little Johnny ought to be little Susie. Hmm. We want you to make the decision. I would say, yeah. <laughs> and shut the door in yeah. their face. Yeah. Because I'm not making that decision. There is no way. Yeah. It usually falls on a doctor. If it comes down to like medical kidnapping <coughs> cases, if uh, parents, if both parents even want to decline using chemotherapy on a child, they're typically just medically kidnapped, medically kidnapped. and a physician decides the course. But we're not talking life or death in this case. We're not. So are we? But well, so oh shoot! So that was my wife's voice, and she's <laughs> going to come back to some podcast, and we're going to talk about <laughs> medical kidnapping because that's a big deal. That who was the kid in in England or whatever? I don't remember. Charlie Rose or something like that? I don't know. There's a lot more than you hear about. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Well, we're going to call that a wrap tonight. Um, So we usually do a a final cigar review, and um, I'm just going to do a final pipe tobacco review real quick and and tell Dan thank you for coming up so that we could do a podcast tonight uh, since Joe's during harvest. And if you go back to last, like, November or October, he probably wasn't here very much either. But um, So try... Putting a really your favorite Cavendish below a really high quality Virginia, about two thirds to one third, two thirds Cavendish to one third Virginia, and um, smoke it down. I think it's a really fun way to smoke a pipe, and uh, um, I'm you know if you're going to be hanging out for a while, get a big bold pipe. It's it's easier to do in a big bold pipe than it is a small one. I think you'll get a better experience doing that. And kudos to Rattray's Devil's Cut um, Sitter pipe that I got new recently. It's a phenomenal pipe. So that'll do. We're going to call that good for uh, Doug and Joe Talk. Thanks for coming by, Dan. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you all next week.